Howdy, before we begin today, we'd like to say that we got a lot of interest in our episode on mineral wells. And so in honor of that, we went out and bought a bottle of Crazy Water, an actual mineral wells water bottling company. And now, of the taste test. Mm, good. I feel decidedly less crazy. It's very mineralific. It tastes like water. It's got a hint of mineral to it. It tastes like the water at my grandmother's house because she lived in mineral wells. <laughs> well, but go. it's fine quality water. So thank you to the folks at Crazy Water and Mineral Wells. Be sure to get online, tell your friends, share the show, and let people know what's happening with Come and Take It. Remember, if you'd like to support us financially, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And now, here's the show. And he's like, well, I did what I had to do. Yeah. Arrest me, what whatever. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. An illicit love affair, murderous bushwhacking, and a trial that ends in a riot all sound like stuff that belongs in a Hollywood Western. But they're also part of the Boyce Sneed feud, the last of the famous blood feuds of old Texas. It was truly the end of an era. But first, what's your favorite Texas supermarket? Well, I'm going to go with something that's near and dear to home, uh, Westmoreland Supermarket in Normandy, Texas. It was my friend Brad's grandfather's store. Uh, I think it's a Berkshire's now. When his grandfather passed away, they sold it to Berkshire's. But I have fond memories of reading wrestling magazines at Westmoreland's in Normandy. I always remember going to the Wine Gardens in uh, Texas City. Um, Wine Gardens is actually a grocery store chain that was based in Houston. And the company itself is still in business today, but they're a realty company now. They don't. Run grocery stores anymore. Isn't a isn't a wine garden technically a vineyard? <laughs> it's probably someone's name. Maybe. I like H E B, and I like it because it was the staple grocery store, especially in the Corpus South Texas. They were just that was where you went. And as I moved to North Texas, they didn't have them here. I have a fond nostalgia for shopping at H E B, but they have Central Market now, and it's awesome. We always stop at the H-E-B in Hondo when we go out to uh, Lakey, Texas. You can get your Whataburger ketchup there. H-E-B has the best gummy worms anywhere. Hmm. They're delicious. Heard it here, folks. Random candy fact. H-E-B for gummy worms. And according to Dr. Fish, Dr. Pepper aficionados, their Dr. B is as close to Dr. Pepper as you can get. Throughout the 19th century, Texas was famous for its bitter frontier feuds and range wars. Some of the feuds were purely political in origin. This would include conflicts over county seats or railroads, as well as the first regulator-moderator war during the Republic days and the Reese-Townsend feud at the turn of the century. Others resulted from a clash of politics, social order, and ideology during and after Reconstruction following the Civil War. We've talked about the Lee Peacock feud in the Corners area north of Dallas and the Sutton-Taylor feud in South Texas. Both of these conflicts had their roots in politics, but became bitterly personal. Some were purely personal, such as the Butler-Elder feud that culminated in the fracas at Dalyville. Listen to episode 11 of this show for more on that story. As civilization came to the frontier, the era of Wild West feuds came to an end. It was in this period of time that the Boyce-Sneed feud ignited. It wasn't a massive conflict over grand political ideals, social issues, or even money. It was all about love. John Beale Sneed and Al Boyce Jr. were the sons of wealthy Fort Worth cattle ranchers and both attended Southwestern University in Georgetown, which is just north of Austin. 
Around 1900, Sneed married his college sweetheart, Lena Snyder, the daughter of a rancher from New Mexico. They moved to a ranch outside Fort Worth, where they had two daughters. In October 1911, Lena told Sneed she wanted a divorce because she'd been having an affair with Al Boyce, now a cattle buyer in Fort Worth, who pursued her since they'd all been at school together. Sneed was incensed. He actually had Lena committed to an asylum, which was common practice at the time for adulterous women. It wasn't too long before Al Boyce broke her out and the lovers fled to Winnipeg, Canada. Sneed was furious and set about getting vengeance on his rival. He pressured Canadian authorities to find the fugitive lovers, who were then arrested. Lena was returned to the U.S. and remanded to the custody of her father in New Mexico, but she eventually rejoined her husband in Texas. Sneed tried to have Boyce extradited and charged with abduction, but those charges were dismissed by a Fort Worth court in January of 1912, largely due to the effort of Boyce's father, Al Sr., a respected banker and cattleman. Sneed blamed the elder Boyce for frustrating his vengeance, and that's when the killing began. Sneed walked into the Fort Worth Metropolitan Hotel and gunned Al Boyce Sr. down, shooting him in the back in full view of numerous witnesses. Sneed was arrested, and the subsequent trial was one of those trials of the century that attracted interest throughout North America. Sneed's high-priced legal team based their defense entirely on his anger and humiliation at being a wronged husband. The result was a mistrial when the jury failed to reach a verdict. When the mistrial was announced, pandemonium ensued. A mob attacked the courthouse and had to be beaten back by police. According to contemporary reports, quote, Four men were killed outside the courthouse, and women fought with hat pins in the courthouse halls and even in the courtroom. On March 6, 1912, Sneed's father, Joseph, was shot in the back and killed by a tenant farmer, R.O. Hillard, as he was walking down the street in Georgetown. According to Barty Hale, a Texas historian, Hillard committed suicide immediately afterward. In the farmer's pocket, they found a letter that read, quote, My mind has failed me. J.T. Sneed is the cause of it. I am going to take revenge this way and then go to the asylum. This only added fuel to the fire. Sneed was somehow convinced that Boyce had something to do with his father's death. Boyce Jr. perhaps foolishly returned to Texas later that summer. When he arrived in the cattle town of Amarillo, Sneed was waiting, and he confronted Boyce in front of the Polk Street Methodist Church. Sneed shot Boyce three times with a pump shotgun, killing him instantly. Sneed then walked to the courthouse and surrendered to the county sheriff in the presence of a crowd of witnesses. Now, one of those witnesses was a young schoolteacher named Georgia O'Keefe. Yes, that Georgia O'Keefe of the flower paintings. Friends of both men began assembling in Amarillo, and it seemed that further violence would be unleashed. The tension subsided, however, and many reports said that Boyce's mother Annie was determined not to condone or allow any more bloodshed in her family's name. Sneed went through two further trials, one for each of the murders he had committed. Again, his defense was one of the wronged husband. The strategy worked. He was acquitted of both murder charges. Newspapers within Texas had largely become favorable towards Sneed, though the coverage outside the state was almost universally unsympathetic and even hostile. The jury foreman in the second trial, James D. Crane, was asked how the jury could allow Sneed to get away with murder. He responded, quote, The best answer is because this is Texas. We believe that in Texas, a man has the right and the obligation to safeguard the honor of his home, even if he must kill the person responsible. In the end, the whole thing would largely be for nothing. Lena had reconciled with her husband, and they moved to the small town of Paducah up in the Panhandle. Sneed couldn't stay out of trouble, though, and got involved in a shady land deal speculation scheme. In 1922, 
he was sentenced to two years in federal prison for attempting to bribe a juror. While he was in prison, his son-in-law was shot and killed by a local grocer, C.B. Barry, over an argument concerning a $28 debt. When Sneed returned home, his temper, pride, and sense of honor led him into further conflict. Over the course of the next few months, Sneed and Barry would shoot each other several times. None of the wounds were fatal, and neither of them were convicted for the violence, but Sneed wore out his welcome in Paducah. He and his wife moved to Dallas, where he made yet another fortune in the oil industry. John Beale Sneed died in 1960, and Lena died in 1966, both having outlived their infamous falling out by half a century. Yeah, we're, we were just talking on a show recently, right, about how Texas got a reputation for uh, violence and gunplay. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that uh, yeah. you know gives us that reputation. It's completely unfounded. I don't know where anybody <laughs> feels this way about Texas. We've never acted this way yeah. in the entire history. Yeah, I, what I find interesting about this, like we've talked about other feuds before, and what marked the other feuds was it was pretty much like rampant, nonstop shooting, killing people, blood running in the streets. This one's pretty much one guy. Yeah. And it, it, it's more of a vendetta than it is a feud. Right. This is a feud where it's like, remember when those two guys were jerks to each other for a long time? <laughs> it's like one crazy guy with a vendetta against, you know, the the man that was taken up with his wife. Yeah. And the only violence from the other direction, I don't, there's not even really a connection. It was just some farmer yeah. that... There's, there's some indication he may have been a tenant of voice. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's not really. I mean, there's there's there seems to be. It's very random and, and and coincidental. The thing that I find interesting, this is really the demarcation point of, like you said, up to this point, it's that 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 scene in Amarillo where the crowd, the friends gathered and they were about to come to blows, and then the grieving mother said, "No more bloodshed," and everybody backed down. Yeah, Creed Taylor wouldn't have backed down. <laughs> well, there's been Butler a, would not have backed down. You know. The, it's a scene in the movie Tombstone yeah. where they try to rush the jail and Wyatt Earp holds the whole town at bay like all the right. miners want to hang up the criminal. Uh, but when we, as we've gone through these old history things, like there's a lot of scenes where it's like the town rose up and they just went down to the jail and they yeah. drug him out the street and they killed him and that was that. Yeah, essentially it's like, it's like Tombstone where at the OK Corral everybody said, okay, we're going to put our guns away and just go home. That, but it's, that's the changing time. This was the last gasp of the frontier. The, Things were civilized now, and the the courts were able to settle things. I mean, it went through the justice system. He was acquitted of the crimes. To, to put it in, in context, I mean, this is a couple of years after Titanic. No, this is the same year uh, It's Titanic. about the same time. It, right. it started about right the same the time as like Titanic. So, to put it in perspective, this is around about the time of the Titanic. Right. World War One is on the right. brink. Right, and, you know, the... The Reese Townsend feud was was in Lubbock, which was just a few years before, and the Texas Rangers had to send in a ranger to to to, to put things down, to settle things down. Uh, you know, when we talked about the fracas at Dalyville, and we talked about you know that it took a hurricane to basically kind of stop that situation, and the the Sutton Taylor feud where the Rangers couldn't settle it, and basically it just everybody's blood ran dry, and it was finally settled. So this is definitely the end of that time period where where guns and violence truly solve things. It's a flip because then the big feud in Texas then just became University of Texas and A&M. <laughs> and yeah. Exactly. yeah, it's, it's yeah. about the same time frame. Exactly. Now, it's interesting, though. There's something about the character of Texas, and I think it's probably reflective of the area of... of it's probably reflective of, of general Southern culture as well because I mentioned 
I was speaking with somebody this week uh, at work, and it came up about Oklahoma. What they're they're originally from Iowa. They live in Atlanta. So I said something about it. They're like, "Wait, you guys don't like people who live in Oklahoma?" And I said, "Well, some of you don't like them. It's just that uh, they're not us." And it was interesting because thinking about like the you know the de- demarcation of of like our just our pride of Texas, not Texas. And all of these things. That's what, but that emotion, that's the, that's a raw caveman emotion. That's a lizard brain reaction that drives feuds. Yeah. This, not that. I don't like you now, and I'll, forever will I hold my peace. Yeah, and Scott is right. It, it, Boyce did not, was not shooting at Sneed. It was, it was all Sneed. It was really, yeah, it was a vendetta more than a feud, but because his father was killed at the same time as this was going on, and there was some weird tangential connection, then generally we consider it a feud and it could have escalated. It could have escalated. I mean, the best part of the story to me is the, the brawl in the courthouse. Hat pins, fighting with hat pins, fighting with hat pins. Google a picture of a hat pin. If you haven't seen one, I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, women had weapons in their hair, like ninja weapons in their hair. If you look it up in Wikipedia, the picture on Wikicommons is apparently Ava bronze hat pin collection uh, because there's one of a giant swastika in the, in the pushman. But yeah, these are not like little pins. These are like what, like they're about they're about twelve eight, inches long. Yeah, eight, foot long, eight, eight to fourteen inches long. I think metal spikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also interesting to me that you know, like we said, contrasting with the other feuds in earlier times, a lot more bloodshed, um, more of an outlaw nature. Sneed, after each of his shootings, just walked to the police station and turned himself in. <laughs> yeah. It it wasn't like he tried to get away with anything. He was like, "Well, I did what I had to do." Arrest me, whatever. Well, it, it's what you, you know, it's like you said, it's the end of an era, but it's, it's the faint echo of a different time. And that's, and it's just, it's always a little sad when you read these stories because like, what, you know, it's the last gasp. And also there's the weird cultural thing of going, um, this was just a hundred years ago when this happened. Yeah. But it's like, oh, she cheated on her husband. Well, we need to put her in a mental, mental institution. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe she just doesn't love the guy, or they're they're a little bit on the rocks. Uh, so you think, oh well, it's not that distant, it's not that far back, but it really is a completely different time in terms of a lot of culture. But apparently, he proved himself to her because they were together for fifty more years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like I don't. Know, it sounds like a weird episode of Maury Povich or something. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that farmer that shot Sneed's dad, maybe. He would have been better off if he had just drank some crazy water. Maybe. Maybe. Full Maybe. circle. <laughs> well, actually, not far from where Mr. Sneed was killed, gunned down, is the fabulous Monument Cafe in Georgetown. And it is a delicious, a wonderful place to get a delicious slice of pie if you're ever in Georgetown. Well, I got to say, if you're out there listening and you like this tale of murder and rage... And pie. And pie. Stop in. Say hello. Stop in and say hello to the Monument Cafe. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you. So like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave us some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. If you'd like to financially support the show, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And why not follow us individually on Twitter? I'm Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love the show, so tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes. That's what helps us to find new listeners 
just like you. Or don't use iTunes, just tell someone. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.